Yeah, let's see here. All right, cool, man. I, so, I mean, how did the week? How did the week pan out for you? I, I apologize. I feel like I've lost my voice a little bit. I had a, uh, I had a stream last night that went like four hours, which is probably the longest I've oh, ever man. streamed with with Brit. But we were just having too much fun. We were having. Too I much tuned fun. in for a little bit. I wasn't around for the full four hours. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can't blame you. I mean, I honestly, we were just we were just having so much fun just uh, chatting that it was like time kind of flew by. We covered all the topics. Oh man, man all the topics. It was it was fun. She's a she's a a cool gal, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see how you know her channel grows. And I, I really love um, learning more about the cosplay space and obviously meeting new makers in general. Oh man, but, yeah, uh, cosplay is, is it, well, that's a big target for us in the future, right? Oh so, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just glue. They're just glooping stuff together left and right. So man, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, so anyway, how was your week? I mean, tell me, uh, tell me, you know, win, any wins, any losses, any? I mean, uh, what did you? What did you shoot, think? man, this week has flown by. I can't believe it's already <laughs> Friday, right? Tell me, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, lots of good, lots yeah. of good stuff. You know, always, always pushing to make progress. Um, big, big production pushes, right? You know, moving, moving some gloop. <laughs> I mean, that's, ex that's exciting. I, I mean, I don't envy you in how difficult, uh, you know, m you know, doing product at scale can be like, you know, you have a real volume product there and, uh, the challenges around it, uh, are myriad, obviously when you're, when you're talking about, oh, I, I heard, I heard a proof yep. Yeah, sorry, it was it was it was beeping at me. <laughs> I, know, I know I know that noise. All too well. um, no, but but I was gonna say is like you know I, I'm lucky enough that I kind of have like a a manageable price point where our volume is. I, I don't know. It seems like we can scale more incrementally. And like when you just started blowing up, yeah, um, you know you had to you had to like look it into you know much better auto, automation tools and all that. And we're gonna get into that today because at some point, yep. as you grow. Yep. You gotta bring on more yeah. help, right? And you know, I, I was laughing at your tweet. I agree with you. I'm, I'm a big fan of automation tools. Obviously, you know, Adam's here and he's he's uh, helping with the the belt revolution. My yeah, like have, loving that. But uh, you know, having tools, smarter tools to help uh, are, are great. And obviously, you know, having robots uh, is great because it's like they're reliable. You know, we can get into the, there's, there's pluses and yep. minuses, but at some point <laughs> you got to have people run the machines, yep. right? You got to have people fix the machines and you can't be everywhere, nor should you try to, be oh, yes. which is one of the biggest, biggest failings or struggle, struggle bus things for, uh, um, you know, owners, uh, the, the temptation to want to do it all yourself. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, sp speak, I mean, speak to that for a moment. I mean, like we're both boosted. Yeah. So, you know, all we know is just what we've kind of built yeah. over over the years. And and so you almost start at this point where you're just like, okay, it's all me. Uh, and now how do I decide, yeah. like, when it's become bigger yeah, than me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, for, for us, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Um, you know, we have a... <laughs> We have a product that we produce over and over and over again, right? Um, you know, and we only have, I think all together we have 12 SKUs, right? Um, and, yeah. you know, those 12 SKUs are then broken up between four different formulas. <laughs> um, you know, so really we have we have four different products that we make. <laughs> um, 
you, you know, so so how we've been scaling, right, is just trying to invest in ways we can, you know, better optimize our production capabilities. Um, you know, we're a small team. We're still two people. I'm the only one full time. The other Andrew is, uh, you know, still works a day job. And, you know, he comes over. He's, mm -hmm. you know, solidly part time. Right. Um Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. yeah, you know, so, so for us, it, it's tricky, um, you know, because we our, our, our game is very much a volume game. Um, you know, we got to start mm -hmm. moving a lot more product in order to get, you know, basically justify, uh, I guess, sort of, you know, if you will, the additional help, <laughs> um, you, you yeah. know, um, it, it's been, it's been a struggle. Um, I, I know, uh, you know, and I can say this personally is, is we've held ourselves back from, you know, achieving certain milestones just by the way we operate. Uh, you know, we, we've been taking a slow organic sort of process, um, you know, making for sure that, that we're doing things, I guess the right way the first time, um, trying to implement processes, yeah. trying to make for sure that we, you know, we, we know how to actually run this business before we start bringing on people and really r start running as fast as possible. Right. Um, you know, cause yeah. then it, it's, it, you know, garbage in garbage out, <laughs> you, you, you know, sure. well, and, and that's, that's not, that's not a bad thing. Like, I don't think that the message here needs to be like, you know, you, you got to scale and you got to yeah. go, you know, I, I think that, your point is well taken that like you, you've got to find the pace that's going to work for you. You're not doing anybody any good by burning yourself yep. out. Right. And so, um, you know, first, like, I think having some thoughtfulness around it, like you said, in terms of like, what are our growth goals? Like what, what pace are we comfortable mm -hmm. with? But the bit, the bigger challenges and, and uh, you can attest to this probably better than any is that, that when, when you reach that critical mass, like when you finally hook into this, community yep. like it happens very fast, fast. like you, you go you go you know like exponential growth like you don't you really just don't understand that curve like until you've written yep. it right where it's just like oh wow like i literally like have to do something tomorrow or you know that, because it's like i just i can't possibly you know do this and whether it's add more tools or whatever but so you know being mindful of where you are where you want to be but then having that yep. plan um because it will it will come and, fast. And I can attest to that right now. I mean, we're feeling it. Like, you know, we've been operating three and a half years, going on four years now, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, that, that slow, you know, growth, you know, we've been very steady, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20% growth kind of year over year until this yeah. year. Right. January yeah. came out. Yeah. We exploded. We moved more gloop in a month than we did in a quarter last year. People are hungry. Like, February blew January yeah. away by 40%, right? Wow. So, yeah. you know, we looked at our numbers in February and we were just, you know, kind of baffled. We're like, we seriously moved that much product. And so far, March is looking like it's going to blow away February. <laughs> and we're just in the beginning. <laughs> You're you're right you're on you're right in the same yep. man. I mean, good luck. Grab grab on and hold on tight. Um, and and for a product like that, where it's like, okay, now you, you what's what's your average? What would you say your average if you want to sell? Say, sure. Share this information. Well, what's your average sale value like? Because average number of orders, maybe you're processing a day. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So you know, we we were processing. You know, shoot. It, you know, we're up to like 20, 30 a day, right? Average order volume. Yeah. You 
know, our, our value, you know, it could be, it ranges, right? Because we have some very low value sure. products to, to some higher ones. Um, but it's it's sure. pretty, you know, steadily, right? Right around 50 something dollars, 50 to $60 yeah. an order, um, you know, give yeah. or take. And so, you know, yeah, it's it's been crazy <laughs> to say the very least. It's crazy. And that, that order number, the thing, I think the thing that a lot of people, so, so I talked to uh, my buddy Travis, uh, who runs uh, a pirate mm-hmm. design, has been doing these custom spinners, right? And so he's got a, a high volume product as yep. well. And one of the things you realize really quickly, even if your margin is phenomenal, mm-hmm. right? You know, he's, he's got really awesome margins yep. on this thing, but, but that it's that number of orders on a daily rate that really like dictate your, some of your labor demand, because at the end of the day, you, you need like, you, at some point, you need a human to put it in yep. a box, slap a label on it. No matter how streamlined that, that process yep. is, you know, maybe if you're lucky, you get to a point where you're doing enough where you can have, like, some automation to even your packaging line and stuff. And I know you've implemented some, some of, of that, it. Yep. At the end of the day, like, somebody still has to connect that order with the, you know, printed label and then put it, take it to UPS or put it on your shelf for your pickup or whatever it yep. is, right? And and that, that number of orders really will be one of the primary dictators of that that growth and it's it's one of the challenges when you're a high volume um uh business is that you know even with you know your margin so say you have like a average 50 dollar uh product mm-hmm. but and you and your margin maybe you're making 40 yep. uh, on every one or something like, yeah. that, like that which is great mm-hmm. that's fantastic margin mm-hmm. right but it's still, you know, your total dollars in terms of like paying for that employee uh, yeah. to do, you know, those things, like it takes a lot more orders, right? So it's like it, you you kind of get in this cyclical thing where it's like, I need more people to, to, to fulfill more exactly. orders to pay for the And people that's where and, we're at right know. now, right? Being bootstrapped, right. it's very hard, right? Because you have to be careful with it where every dollar goes. Because, you know, the money coming in is what pays for all of the stuff. And the future growth of your company. If you if you don't have enough margin in your product, you can't buy enough material to make more material to sell more product to get more money to continue that loop, right? Um, and, yeah. and it's it's very it's very hard to manage. Um, and, and you know that's where we're at right now is is just trying to figure out okay how do we how do we maintain this loop, right? Because we were very careful in our early days. To, to basically architect this loop in such a way that there's checks and balances and it always figures out a way to reconnect. But now that we're starting to move so much product, right, we sometimes, like with our, uh, you know, distributor partners, sometimes that money doesn't come in right away, right? And so now oh, being... God. Don't get me started on terms. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so being yeah. being mindful of like, okay, well, how much product's going out the door versus how much of our direct sales are coming in versus, you know... Cash yeah, flow, cash flow. And, and, you know, that's also has to feed into that hiring process, right? Because right now, mm-hmm. like being bootstrapped, it would be very difficult for us to maintain a constant, I, I, I should say, level of, of cash flow to make for sure that everyone's salaries get paid. Um, not that, not right. saying that our business is unhealthy and that you know we're not making money. It's just being bootstrapped. There's that extra layer of complexity on top, right? Um, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and 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 look, I'll, you know, be real with you guys that that it it and not for everybody. Obviously, your your mileage may vary, sure. but it takes years of like investing in the business reinvesting in the business like pay. i mean we've seen those memes out there where it's like oh, i quit a you know quarter million dollar a year salary job to uh 
you know, to run my own business. And now I make uh, 50 bucks a year or whatever <laughs> for the first yep. year. I mean, there, there's some truth to that in that it may be not that dramatic, but, but that it, it takes that because until you reach that exponential growth curve, that, that's where like the payoff yep. is. Right. But like building grinding, I mean, that's, that, that's why so many early businesses fail. And that's why bootstrapping isn't obviously as, as common because, you know, a lot of people can't afford to just ride that, out until you can actually get to that critical mass. Absolutely. Right? Like I, and that, and that's such a tough thing to forecast, right? Like, cause some products, like if they go viral and explode and stuff, you may be there a lot faster. Um, and that's yeah. great, but, but you can't necessarily count on that. And then w- right. We talk about the fear of hiring more help, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, do we want to invest? But now you feel like, Oh man, I'm, I'm obligated to pay these people. Yeah. Salary. Like, like there's, <laughs> there's, and and we've had some conversations on this that that have been really good in the sense that you you need to look at your perspective, you know, even when you do hire people, uh, around like I, I you know I, I care a lot about my sure. people, and so it's like I I would feel absolutely terrible if I brought somebody on and then business dried up and I had to lay them yep. off, right? Because that's my fault for you know not having enough runway there for them or whatever, and you know. There's obviously unforeseen circumstances and all this stuff, but like that, that is probably a eighty percent of the the stress of it on a, on a daily. Absolutely, like for me, <laughs> just worrying about other people, yep. um, and that's not necessarily healthy. I mean, you you told me that you give me some good perspective around that. Maybe you can reiterate it here for some others. Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, you know, in in my in in my past life, right? Um, you know, I yep. had a uh, I had another startup. This is not my first rodeo, um, and that nope. that startup was quite a bit different than this one. Um, we raised a lot of money, um, and we raised mm-hmm. it very early on, uh, pre-product, pre you know, sort of de- development even, and uh, you know, it came in tranches. But as a part of that, we were able, you know, afforded the luxury, right, of being able to bring on a lot of really cool, talented individuals kind of day one. And, uh, you know, it was it was exciting and exhilarating. But, uh, you know, as a part of that, I actually played quite a different role, even though I was the founder of that company. I was the captain, you know, captaining the ship. Um, I wasn't actually making, you know, sort of decisions, if you will, on, you know, who we're hiring and all, all of that other stuff. I was mainly focused on. For one, maintaining the relationship with the investors, um, maintaining kind of that forward drive, that momentum, uh, that vision, uh, you know, doing the pitches, y- all of that other the, fun stuff. The, the traditional the traditional CEO thing, that is what a yep. real, I don't know if I say real, because I think people throw the term CEO around very loosely these yeah. days. But I mean, that is traditionally what you would have as a CEO role. You're yep. not involved in the day-to-day your job is to, you know, operate at that high level to make sure that the money is coming in and flowing so that the day to day can working operate. on partnerships, yeah. getting deals lined up, that sort of yep. stuff. And, you, you know, it was it was it's kind of it's it's well, it's drastically different. Right. You know, here. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm I'm a co-founder. I have another co-founder, but you know, I'm the guy kind of running the ship right now day to day. And there's yeah. only one of us right now. 
Like, I have yeah. to make all of these decisions still, but I am so much closer to essentially the pulse of the business than I once was when, you know, I raised two and a half million dollars, you know, for, for a startup. I had, you know, at our height, like 17 employees at a time, um, y- yeah. you know, so it's very, very different. <laughs> that's very, that's very different. But, but tell me for a second, because you, you told me this was months ago mm-hmm. now, but, you know, I was 10, I was, I was feeling a little bit stressed. We were kind of on a lower sales, you know, period. Of, like last summer mm-hmm. uh and and i was like oh this is just horrible i feel bad i'd feel bad if i had to lay somebody off and you're like well you got to change your perspective on that like the, the pay yourself first mm-hmm. mentality though is such a a pitfall that so many fall yeah. into because we as the the founders and stuff feel yep. like we have to pay ourselves yep. last and and that mentality is not necessarily the right one or a good yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and so that's kind of what I learned from this whole experience when I went and raised money, right? Um, you know, it wasn't my money that I was dealing with. Um, but as a part of that, you know, we ran into some troubles during that startup. And one of those things that I did was I figured out ways to make for sure everyone else was paid. And I was just grinding away, continuing to do all of this work. And, you know, like, again, it's like, okay, well, yeah, I'm not going to get paid, but everyone else is. And, it burned me out so quick, um, so fast, so fast yeah. to the point where I didn't want to continue doing things. And, you know, uh, it, then it started issues with my relationships with my investors. Um, you know, I, there was some animosity there, uh, you know, because they kind of expect this, right? They're like, hey, you know, your people matter more important than you. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, maybe that is true to an extent, um, you know, but also at the same time, if you don't value the work that you're doing yourself and you don't value yourself, right, to, to a certain level or, or degree, everything else is going to start falling apart. And right. so when we when we actually formed Gloop, right, and we started on this process, we figured out in such a way that, you know, we, I had to figure out a way to pay myself first, right? I, you know, the first dollars that are coming out are figuring out ways to support me. Um, you know, and that had to be worked into the equations because if we couldn't maintain that, this wasn't going to work. Right. And that was so fundamental in the, the mentality of building this, this, this company and the bootstrap nature of it, that we had to build this into the whole product cost, everything else. And we still, to this day operate the first things that come out are are us right and then everything else comes out next um sometimes Mm -hmm. we've had to you know delay things sometimes we had to kind of pause our own growth or you know we had Mm -hmm. to you know tell Mm -hmm. a contractor that we were working with saying hey listen we're gonna have to stop working you're gonna have to stop right now i know you're in the middle of the project and we agreed to this but things have changed right we we can't afford it and you know sure i could we could have afforded it had i taken money out you know that was what was supposed to come to me but if you know i were to do that I wouldn't be able to keep maintaining my level of effort, right? You know, I'm working 60, 80 hours a week, um, you know, yeah. and yeah. I, I need to be able to make for sure that all of my needs are met, everything else is met, and as long as I'm comfortable, I can keep running at that rate. If I'm not comfortable, yeah. then the whole thing falls apart, you know? Yeah, well, and the, the analogy I always use, and I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard it before too but it's like when you're on the airplane and the, you know the the oxygen mask come down it's always like put yours on mm-hmm. first and then help the person next to you yep. it's it's the hardest it's one of the hardest things to learn and it feels counterintuitive because 
I mean, what, the, the funny thing is it really makes you realize what a house of cards like a lot of these businesses mm-hmm. are are built on where it's like, you know, we're reliant on the people that do the day to day, but they wouldn't be there if you didn't have the top level people that are bringing the deals mm-hmm. and the money in. So it's like it's all interwoven and all very necessary. Um, but the temptation is always to throw resources at the day to day because because that's your cash yeah. flow. That's like that's where the, the rubber meets the road. And uh, you're like, without this, like, I can't keep selling. Yep. Right. But but at the same time, you're not doing anybody any good if you burn out and you can't steer the ship and bring the you know, do the deals and bring money in. Right. And so, um, you know, I think you're having that experience to pull from and bringing in that perspective and realizing, like, if this is going to be sustainable, mm-hmm. if I'm in this for the long yep. run. I need to make sure that I structure this in a way that is sustainable. And that is such a failing of so many companies, like in all the readings and the podcasts I've listened to and everything, when you listen, it's like that, that temptation to just go, 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 grow, grow, grow. We'll We'll figure it out later. Right. Yeah. We'll figure it out later. And, and all these feelings, like they're talking, people are talking about like, Oh, we had millions in sales and all this stuff. And uh, like, that's Mm -hmm. great. But how much of that was profit? Uh, We don't talk about that. Right. Cause it's like, you know, they're, you, you, you can scale and you can create these huge machines. Oh, yeah, mammoths that are that are that are absolutely worthless. Yep. Which is so weird to say, right? I mean, not worth. Yeah, I mean, right? It's like it's like you're just constantly well, caught in that cyclical feeding the machine. Yep. Loop. Yeah, and, and it's it's it was such a let me say it was such a fundamental shift in the way that i was thinking that you know it, it was scary right and it, it, in some yeah. cases you know like i felt like well maybe this is the wrong way but uh, you know it's like I, we need to give it a try right and you know moving forward it is something that has worked so far that you know, it, it sounds like, yeah, you know, I might be a terrible boss to work for at some point. But, you know, if, again, I can't maintain myself, right, and I can't maintain my position, then every every other position doesn't matter if I'm, you know, trying to keep my guys working, trying to, you know, make for sure they get paid before I do. It, the whole thing's still mm-hmm. going to fall apart at some point, right? And, right. Right. You, you know, you a single person can only weather the storm for so long. Right. And, and I think Absolutely. that's the biggest thing that you, you as a as a business owner, as a maker, as an entrepreneur need to kind of figure out is say, OK, how long can I weather a storm? Like sometimes, yes, you might be required to weather a storm. Right. And, yep. you know, mm-hmm. but again, keep in mind that if you're the captain of the ship and you go down, the whole ship's going down regardless. Right. right. You know. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's weird. Huh. <laughs> It is. Let's let's switch gears sure. for a second because you brought up like being a good boss, and let's like let's actually talk about the the nitty gritty of like actually you know making your first hire. And so, and I understand like you're in a different place than yeah. I, so I, I can I can bring a little bit more at least in my current venture to to the conversation on this regard. But obviously, you have you know your past company that you're mm-hmm. to pull from and stuff like that too. So, but you know, talking about what are the markers first of all. It, it, in your mind in terms of like 
okay, I got to bring on some people here. Sure. Uh, that's the starting point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it a dollar figure? Is it a uh, just a some sort of psychological thing where like I can't do this anymore? I'm burning out. Sure. You know, like, what's what? what I is think it? for what's for, for us, it's a it's a combination of things, right? Um, one absolutely dollar figure number one, right? Again, we just talked about making for sure that we maintain my position, right? Um, our position mm-hmm. as founders, and then from there, if we can start affording new positions, that's when that door starts to open right that's essentially the key to the door right and then we can start talking about turning the handle turning the handle is when we you know we realize hey okay there are a few processes right we've identified them um absolutely pack and ship right pick pack and ship um that is one of the biggest things that i spend so much time on uh you know again you know i kind of wear all of the hats um if I were mm-hmm. able to offload that to, you know, even a part-time employee, it would free up so much extra time to continue R&D, to continue, you know, commercialization of all of our other, you know, current ongoing projects. But for us, yeah. right, the biggest thing right now is, is, you know, the money's, you know, we, we could probably justify it, but we want to make for sure. And then from there as well, we also need to make for sure that we have a job for that person. And then I think it's also still a psychological thing. So I, I see it as three big things for us, um, you know, actually needing to take that leap and trust another individual. Right. Um, oh. And that's the scary part that I'm stuck on right now right is oh it's it's it, really it can because be really it, you know what's weird is is in the in the past right i really wasn't yeah. super involved in all the hiring process right i would do the interview yeah. i would kind of like you, you know just feel out the person determine whether or not they can actually fit for the position and then it just kind of flowed i had you know a chief operating officer that kind of handled all of it um and Mm -hmm. it it was you know i was kind of disconnected but now i'm so much closer to again the pulse of the business quality is important to me and every single thing that we do i want to make for sure it's it's kind of like perfect right and so it's scary right right? because who shares that same mindset and value that I do? You know, well, no, no, no one, really. I mean, right? It, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you, you have a co-founder, so I'm not gonna say. Yeah, but, sure. But you know what yeah. I mean? It's like you know, nobody is gonna care that you can hire is gonna care the way you care, exactly right. And that that's it sounds obvious, guys, but it's like one of the like the the sooner that you come to terms with that and accept that and figure out how to manage it, the better you'll be because. It's it's it was one of the the biggest things that I struggled with bringing on people, and I was like, wait a minute, I I could pack you know uh, twenty orders in X amount yep. of time, and they're doing it in like double two X, and I yep. was like, what the heck, you know? And then I would get mad. I'm like, what are they doing? They're lollygagging and all this stuff, and I'm like, well, okay, hold on, you know, you also design the thing, you know how this all goes together, you know what parts are in it, like like I you know I have a lot of those things, and it sounds again so stupid, <laughs> but you know, setting realistic expectations for other people and all that stuff is a, you know, a big challenge. Uh, and when you're writing the job description and trying, like you and I are very similar in the sense that we want to like, I want to lay down the deal. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to be like, here's what it is. Like, I don't, I don't want anybody to feel like they got tricked into doing something or that they're, they're going to get brought in and then they're going to do, have to do a job they weren't asked to do. Right. Um, but when you're, when you're a startup, when you're, you know, bootstrapping and you know, getting going. It's like, you got to find those people that can wear all the hats that can pivot, mm-hmm. 
quickly. And that is that is hard, especially when a lot of times you're you're trying to bring people in an entry level positions. Yep. They don't necessarily have a lot of skills or expectations uh, 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 or experience, you know, to pull from. Absolutely. And, um, and and you just at some point there's a there's a gut feel component that you have to take where it's like I need to I need need to trust that I, I've done my vetting as best as I can and, and I you know and I'm going to take a chance on these people um, and you you I think for a long time I, I was very fearful of that sure like I, you would hear in all the readings and all this you'll oftentimes you hear the horror stories about employees that just like are looking for a way to like hurt themselves and then just like leave on workers comp and and just be a drain on you you mm-hmm. know not really bring anything and and that fear uh, is is a it can be very paralyzing, right? And that that is completely working against you. Like you can't let the fear of all the bad things that could potentially happen prevent you from yes. putting these things in place because you 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 need to do it if you want to grow. Yeah. Unless you want to be a sole owner operator for the entire thing, and maybe that's that's cool. Maybe that's cool. And, some and yeah, that could be your business but, model, right? You know, it could be a lifestyle but, business, uh, right? Yeah. It could be, it could be, and and you know what? There are people that do that, and they're very happy, and that's mm-hmm. fine. So you know that, that that takes us back to step one. Like, what are your goals? Like, what do you want the business to be? Yep. Like, are you trying to grow this thing? Are you like trying to? And you you've had other strategies that have helped you along the way to become a big business without necessarily having to bring in a lot of people. Like, there are mechanisms for that. Distribution is a huge yep. one, right? Like, you realize like I don't. It's not worth it to me to have to pack and ship all these orders like i'm willing to give up some margin to send this off to somebody else and let them do it now that that brings of course its own thing and that's a that's a conversation (laughs) for a whole nother oh yes but but my point is is that there's obviously you know more than one way to peel this banana or whatever the (laughs) you know insert analogy of choice uh and um you know don't feel one Again, same disclaimer we always say. We don't claim to have it figured out. We just have some, you know, uh, musings from our journey. Yep. Uh, and we welcome you guys along with it. You obviously have to find your own way. But I, I always advocate for sitting down, writing down what your goals are, what you, who you are. You know yourself better than anybody and what you want and all that stuff. So, you know, start there for sure. Absolutely. And then think about who you can bring on that can help either fill in the gaps and compliment you or we'll have the style that you need. And, and it, it, it'll probably be a slow process at first. There may be some missteps. You may have a bad hire. You, you, you can't let that get you down. Um, it's just part of the game. Like people like turnover is a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, but uh, all things you need to do if you want to and, grow. And this uh, kind of, some and this kind of like is a perfect transition into, you know, figuring out, you know, who is that right person, right? Um, you, you know, we, we kind of talked about just now, you know, that if you architect your business in such a way, you determine that you're going to need people, right. Or you're not going to need people. And you have to accept some of the business risks. Um, and you know, figuring out when is the right time to, you know, to hire that person. Well, from there, how do we, how do we determine who is the right person to actually hire? Let's say we've determined that we, we need someone, right? Um, you know, here at Gloop, right. that's going to happen really soon. We're going to need someone, right? Yeah. And so now, yeah, yeah. who's that person going to be? How do we how do we start putting some some rails on this thing or some boundaries on this thing and figuring out um, who that individual is? Right. And this is where I actually I love the book Good to Great 
um, by Jim, Jim Collins, Collins, where he, he talks book. about, yeah, he talks about it's it's so important to find the right people. Now, what does that mean, right? What it means is is that you know it, it's it's character traits of of specific people, but there are so many businesses out there that are just looking to hire anyone, right? They'll hire anyone, they'll get them in, and you know they'll they'll work them, and then they'll turn them over real quick, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but there's con there's concept of you know really taking your time and and, and trying to get the right person. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of remember the, the story of Circuit City when Circuit City was starting. Uh, this was one of the uh, one of the talking points in that book. Um, and, and, you know, the the CEO was like, listen, we're not going to hire any random person. We're going to hire the right person. If we can't find the right person, we won't fill that position. We'll limit our growth. Right. It just it's mm -hmm. that simple and that fundamental. Um, and, and it was it's really interesting because that's it's kind of like counterintuitive. Right. If you want to grow and you're at the stage where you need to move. Right. You need people to help you. Right. Right. And right. You know, so right. why are you going to limit your own growth? Right. That doesn't make sense. But what does make sense is when you actually look at it and say, OK, if I find the right person, this person is going to be able to do all of the jobs that I need to do. And they're going to be able to grow with the business. It's all about finding the right individuals. Right. And, and getting the people, getting the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus and going towards your destination. And what's funny is, is yeah. it doesn't matter where the destination is. It just matters who's on the bus with you. Right, and that's yeah. something that was yeah. really cool. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and for and for any of you guys that are not familiar with Jim Collins, I threw a link just kind of it was Twitter up in the nest there. Um, I, I I can't recommend him enough. I mean, he's a very prolific, common uh, um, author for these things. He did Good to Great. He did Built to Last. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got a lot of just fantastic, fantastic case study based uh, um, literature on you know building a business, talking about businesses that have been successful. You know, learning from his historical uh, successes and failures in business and stuff like that. Very awesome. Yes. Check him out. Um, but you, you know, you're 100 percent right. Like, obviously, you, you can make or break your company very easily by who you allow on the mm -hmm. bus, like you say. And and man is kicking people kicking people off the bus while it's the right decision. <laughs> it's sometimes hard. Is I mean that that's its own like spaces. Yeah. Like we can talk about like you know layoffs and stuff. But but uh, you know hopefully you're not having to do a lot of that. But it, you you do have to plan for the fact that at some point. Uh, you, you will, will. Or people will at least cycle through mm -hmm. it, right? So it's not necessarily that it's, uh, you know, leaving on bad terms or you're having to boot people. Yep. Uh, but, you know, business has changed. Like, the, the whole thing, like, I, I had an employee early on. She was fantastic. It was just her and I when we started. Uh, and, um, but, you know, as the business grew and changed, I think she realized, like, it wasn't the same as what she wanted anymore. And that's yep. fine. Like, I, I really... Uh, um, you know, I was bummed to see her go uh, because, you know, she really helped me get to like that next level. But it was like, it was time. She was like, I think it's time for me to move on. And I respected that. And we figured it yeah. out. Uh, it, it, it doesn't mean that in the mix, it didn't feel stressful because I was like, ah, now I got to go back to the well <laughs> and find somebody else. And, you know, I hate, you know, we talk about finding the right people. Um, we think about what traditionally is done. You sit down, you write a job description. I hate writing job descriptions, <laughs> even though it's very necessary, right? You got to outline what needs to be done and, and all that stuff. But, um, it's, to me, it's a very stressful thing because I, as a startup, you just want to be like, Oh, and I need you to do this and I need you to do this. And Oh, and also I need you to do anything else that I haven't thought yep. of yet. It's not on this <laughs> list. 
that will probably come to my mind tomorrow or the next day or next week or next yep. year. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a it's a challenge. But 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 actually going through that process so that you can silo out and and create a reasonable job description and you probably have some insight on that as well because your temptation to start off is going to be one of like kitchen sink the whole yep. thing i just want to throw everything at yep. it and i need this person to be everything to everything and that's not realistic yeah. right so do yourself some favors and break it into reasonable silos where people will have specific expertise yep. and then and then rank order who it is and what, what your biggest need is, right? And where, like, okay, I'm going to bring this person in first. I'm going to bring that person in next. Because it would be great if I could find the person that can do pick and pack when I need pick and pack, but then also do some marketing work for oh, when times Wouldn't last. it be and great? they're also <laughs> selling. Yeah, it, it, that's not a thing, yep. guys. Like, it, again, duh. Yep. But, you know, I think because you're thinking about yourself, mm-hmm. right? For me, it is the thing. Yes. Like, I do do all those things. And how hard can it be to find another yep. me? Uh, it's, it's hard. Very it's very hard. Never find <laughs> and sometimes you don't even want another yes guy, right? like i don't think i would get along with myself right oh now, absolutely as as that <laughs> yeah. yep yeah 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 so yeah when when it comes down to you know writing those job descriptions i think for for any startup that's it's well especially bootstrap it, it, you know one of the important things is is how open to change are you <laughs> you know um like, you know, how flexible can you be, right? You know, people yeah. need some sort of, you know, uh, routines and, you know, they need, you know, structure in their life. And every startup needs that, right? Um, you know, when when mm-hmm. I got started, we didn't have structure at first, um, you know, back in the day at my first startup. And it was a, it was a wild ride, right? And it wasn't until I started bringing some people on that, you know, it's like, boring. you know. Structure is boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, that, that yeah. thing started to fall into place. But. You know, having or, you know, like looking for people that have startup experience, you know, that's that's great. Right. Because you know, they're kind of now used to this environment. A startup is nothing like a normal corporate job at all. Period. End of story. <laughs> yeah. Zero, zero like you know and you know sometimes there are going to be you know big things where you know you're working on um like you know for us we you know sometimes we'll have big reseller purchase orders come in and you know we'll have mm-hmm. to make a mm-hmm. really big push on production and that means we're gonna yeah. have to spend some later nights right normally for us like it doesn't matter right we kind of conform to the business you can't expect all your right. employees to do so but Finding no, individuals yeah. that are more open to that, you know, that's a good sign. Um, it's a great sign. Um, you know, obviously, you're going to have to, you know, test the water and, and you know, see how this individual fits. There's no one size fits all sort of advice here. <laughs> Um, you know, but something that I look for is just, again, how, how flexible are, how open they are to change, um, how willing they are to challenge themselves. Like this is the biggest thing when I think it comes to like engineers, um, you can get engineers right out of school that are like, yes, I'm an engineer. I know how to do X, Y, and Z. I can do these things all day long. And it's like, okay, well, what do you do besides that? Right. Um, do you, do you actively go out and seek to educate yourself further by doing projects or hobbies, right? Finding out what these yeah. people do in their pastimes, right? What do they like to do for fun? I think is a really good indicator of, you know, it's a great like, indicator. Yeah, yeah, how how they're going to behave inside the startup environment, right? Like for for me, I love expanding my knowledge base, right? I love challenging myself, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. what I that's what I thrive on, right? Now, not everyone is like that, and it, there's nothing wrong in not being like that. Um, 
But yeah. that's something that I look for, right? And, and well, you you brought up something interesting uh, in that, like, I, and I call them like you know paper people, mm-hmm. like, and by that I mean. Uh, they look great on paper. Yep. Like they've got the bona fides, yep. right? Like I got the degree and this and all that and other stuff. And like that might be great for some like large companies. Like if you have a very specific engineering task and you need absolutely. To, but but I would say for the most part, nine times out of mm-hmm. ten, like I don't care. Not only do I not care about your past yep. skills, this sounds really crass. But but I almost like don't want you to like be pulling from like what you feel like is just this amazing yes. background uh, because like that's that can get in the way a lot of the times mm-hmm. and really it's a lot more about problem solving and your ability to find the answer or to learn a process and how flexible you yep. know, we talked earlier about like your ability to pivot with the company because especially when you're in a, a structure like we are the, there is nothing certain except for the yep. pivot like <laughs> we're gonna be shifting directions and you need people that you can like can ro- roll with those punches and mold and form with you like those are the real golden awesome people that are like hey you know what uh, i understand like we, we're gonna have to really crank on orders today and then the orders might dry up next week and i need some help uh you know working on the web can you take some pictures yep. for me and and you know all these people like there's nothing that we really do that that is so skill intensive that i i don't know i don't want to speak sure to you, but i would say for me like like anybody that's willing to learn can literally do any aspect of what i we do. absolutely very very simply, yeah. right? And so, you know, obviously you don't want to overwhelm them with too many things, but if you find people that are just, like, happy to be along for the journey and do that, like, so that's what I kind of look for. Like, like, what are what are these people's ambitions? Like, how do you work, how do they communicate? Mm-hmm. Are they reliable? Like, that that's the first thing. Like, if they, if they can uh, um, just say, like, this is my schedule or this is, like, and if something changes, like, they let you know. Uh, they don't shy away from, like, if something, if they feel like bad, they have to give you bad news, like they can tell mm-hmm. you that and you can work together to figure it yep. out, you know, because stuff's going to happen. Like this is the, one of the biggest fears and challenges about having people is like, they're the biggest X factor yep. in your company, right? You, you, you may have like the best person, things are going great. And then like something happens in their life and that just changes the entire trajectory of like who they are and how they help your company yes. right maybe they go through a divorce maybe they get cancer mm-hmm. and they they are not like physically not able to you know and and those things are going to happen and you have to have to be prepared for yes. that uh, nothing is certain except for that change and when it comes to people that is the biggest mm-hmm. you know change uh, potential um and man, uh, it's, it, does that get scary a lot of the time, right? <laughs> it's like, especially when like, you know, you're working with somebody and then they have a major life change. Like they start to have kids yes. and then, you know, you're not as an employer, you're legally not allowed to, you know, be biased against who you're bringing yeah. on for all that. But that, but that absolutely changes their way. They're tired. A lot of the time they're less available. Mm-hmm. They, they have a lot less energy uh, and you gotta, you have to accept that people are people you, you're going to have your days too, and it's not fair to expect them to be any more robotic in that regard than yes, you are, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I can understand why, you know, you're talking about, you, you know, you're talking in cheek with the robots. Yeah. Thing. It's like, yeah, I'd much rather just yep. like, mechanize everything. Yeah. Uh, 
but you can only do that so far. And and well, uh, and honestly, you don't always have the dollars. And robots are temperamental, too. right? Like you know, our yeah. so <laughs> they're temporal in a different, in a different way, yeah. right? We we run reaction vessels, and we have now an automated bottling line. And uh, you know, just the other day, we had an issue with the you know the the line where it was just it was being fussy, right? Just it didn't want to work mm-hmm. right, <laughs> you know. Um, and yeah, things get fussy, it, whether it's people. Or yep. People. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, you know, here at Gloop, we've, you know, I, I being bootstrapped, right. Versus the, you know, the previous, you know, where I've raised money, I think it's really yeah. kind of provided this unique perspective. You know, I'm just, I'm glad that I went through this process. Um, yeah. you, you know, cause yeah. I, it, so much has changed so much is like, Oh wow. That's actually completely different or like not even what I was thinking, you know? Um, and, and I'm looking forward to making some of these big moves, right. Getting our first employee in here. Um, you know, besides besides us founders, right? Um, you know, but also, you know, stop investing or stop like investing in the automation that we have. Like that's going to be a continual thing for us, right? It's kind of our company culture. But you know, it's still like building out that social capital, uh, you know, within our yeah, company. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. So yeah, it's uh, no, it's exciting and terrifying all at the same time, which is basically a great summary of what being a business owner is. Um, but uh, I, it, you're you're absolutely right that bringing you're very lucky to have that perspective. And I've had other ventures and stuff too, not nearly to the scale that you did. I never went fully down that VC route. Sure. Um, but having that experience is so invaluable in that, you know, traditionally, and I don't want to speak for you here, but when you think about venture capital, you know, when you're playing with other people's mm-hmm. money, uh, the first thing is you, you got that whole, like, well, oh, I got all this cash burning a hole in my pocket. Yep. Let's bring on some more people. Cause I can't do it all myself. And it's very wasteful comparatively when you think about you're, you're going, you're, you're starting at the wrong point. You're bringing in people for the sake of like, that's what you think you're supposed to be doing because it's like, well, I need a direct, I need a marketing director. I need a salesperson. I need like all this traditional stuff without the, like really having the, the knowledge and the infrastructure in place for like, is the sales, uh, is the, is the pro is the product even demanded like enough to warrant these things. And, and so much of these pitch decks that are brought and stuff like are made on these just hyper, hyper optimistic projections of like what the company will really be Mm -hmm. um and very rarely you know but when you come from the other way where it's like you're going from the ground up and you get that groundswell and you know you have the orders like you i mean it's just it 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 sounds like it's oh this is so much better Mm. right it's like i know where i'm going i know the target that i'm aiming at and i'm growing and i can just i'll just add another person i'll just add another person um Gross oversimplification. Yes, obviously. yes. <laughs> but, but 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 it it feels more sustainable. It feels more like I can move with this and I can understand the needs of the company better. Yep. Um, so it's just a different game. Entirely. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, in 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 many cases, I'm actually having a lot more fun. Besides the stress, like I I think yeah. I'm actually enjoying this because it's like playing a game of chess and. I have to think mm-hmm. so many moves ahead and predict the next move, right? And it's hard, but it's it's also exhilarating. <laughs> it is. And I'm glad you brought up chess because I think that's a really tough thing. Like I, I say this all the time, and I think that's where a lot of my frustrations with people 
are and that that my expectation is that they can play chess mm-hmm. the way I play yep. chess that that they they're aware of cause and effect and that is a such a naive thing because you bring in people and and I'm like what do you mean is it was it why wasn't it obvious to you that if you didn't double if this order didn't get checked or if you didn't put this thing in or you didn't wipe this thing down that eventually it wouldn't make it to a customer they they were going to get pissed and then they were going to write back yep. and you know what whatever it's like cause and yeah. effect right and that seems obvious but so many of the people that you're bringing on are they're thinking well I'm just a button pusher I'm just doing what I need to do until I can go home mm-hmm. because again they just don't care the same way that you do yes and hopefully you're not encountering a lot of those but it's it's not easy to find people that can play that can play chess that can understand cause and effect uh, and and game out you know if I do this like what what are the end results sometimes they don't have the information that's fair. yeah but a lot a lot of the times people just don't care enough to, to think about it. And uh, that's honestly, it's, it's it's understandable, but it's frustrating because you're just thinking that everybody's going to have your mentality. Um, so let's. Uh, I know we're closing in on kind of the end of the hour. Yeah, uh, we've had some just awesome people listening. If uh, at any point you guys will will open it up, open forum questions, comments, uh, give us a wave. If not, that's fine. We'll keep going for a little bit longer. Um, but. Uh, you know what what's i mean what's your thoughts on like when you're finding those people and what what setting reasonable expectations for them looks like yeah that's that's a good one right um you know for for us it's it's interesting um you know cuz for one we're dealing with you know chemicals right and <laughs> you know um yeah. there's there's a there's a part of me that is still really scared about when we hire on that first employee, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. while while using a bottle of glue, right? You, you know, you're not really exposed to much, right? I'm not trying to say our products are terrible and hazardous, and you, you need to be like super careful. But there, it is a it is a solvent born adhesive, and you do need to respect the solvents in there, uh, like any respect. Yeah, solvent. like yeah. any any product, right? Any any solvent based sure. product. Uh, but when it comes yeah. to having an employee that's going to be interacting with it every single day, right, there's a level of risk that I'm willing to accept with my life and, you know, how I do things. And there are things that we do to mitigate those said risks. Um, but, right. you know, at, at some point, right, like, like you know, I, I'm the chemist. I'm the guy who actually created the formula. I'm the guy who runs the production, right? I know so much about this product. I'm so intimately involved in it. I cannot expect someone else to know all of the things you can and can't do. Right. Um, Right. And, and and so it's, it's, it's hard, right? Cause you know, I'm starting to actually think about these things. It's like, well, what is it going to look like when I actually have an employee? Like I'm going to have to have designated areas that they're not able to go into. Right. Because you know, I have, you know, like I'm going to have to have designated processes that they strictly have to follow. Right. Um, you, you know, just and you have to be an asshole. I mean, yeah, apologize for the language, but you literally like have to really be diligent about making sure that they abide by that because it's very tempting. So I, I've got two. Sorry to interrupt, but just really sure. quick, I've got two examples of that. Uh, we we built a mezzanine up on the kind of the second floor of where we're okay. at currently, and uh, but prior to that, I was storing stuff up there. 
And I and my ops director were the only ones that were allowed to go up there because I did not want to risk anybody taking a header off of there until it was completely like the guardrails sure. were up and it was safe. And and even then, it's like it's not I, ideal. Uh, you know, I, I'd be I'd be comfortable if OSHA came in and looked at it and stuff. That's fine. But but um, you know, you set those boundaries and you have to be an ass about making sure, like, hey. I said, no, get down. Yeah. Like, it, it almost, you feel like a, a parent sometimes. Same thing with driving the forklift. I don't let anybody else drive the forklift. I'm not insured for that. I don't want to risk yeah. the amount of damage that they can do. Even It's not a fast-moving thing, but it's very easy oh. to drop something that's incredibly heavy yep. at, by accident somewhere or damaged product or anything in between. Yeah. Um, and that's a pain in the butt sometimes because – I might not be there and a delivery might show up and employees do not want to have to like manually unload the truck. Uh, but you do not get to drive the forklift. Yep. Uh, and, and, um, uh, the temptation is very high, obviously to want to plan ah, just this one time. And then before you know it, it you, you know, you're going down a path yep. that, uh, you're one accident away from a major lawsuit or a workman's comp claim or, you know, th- tens of thousands of dollars in product damage or who knows. Oh what, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, it, it gets, it gets crazy, right? Because, you know, you have to, you, you, as a startup, as, a, as, as the business owner, right, you need someone super flexible and that can grow with the startup and, and can help you out, especially when, you know, you're a one or two man operation right now and you, you're seeing this yeah. great growth. But at the same time, you also have to, like, you know, treat that, that employee kind of like a child, right, in such a way that you, they can't do all of the things that you were willing to do because, you know, while you yeah. might be willing to risk your own life, you can't expect the same for them, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I don't think child is the sure. Right. I know I, I use that because that's what it yeah. sounds, it sounds like, and a lot of times it's like you know we don't want to feel like we're having to chide other adults for for these things, but you have to do it. Uh, real quick shout out to Joe Project Red, uh, another hey Joe, business. Uh, good to see yeah. you, buddy. Good morning. I'll throw throw a wave your way there. Um, I'm sure he's got some great perspective on what uh, um, you know it's like having other employees and and some of the boundaries that you have to create sometimes, but. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. I, I like to say you have to be kind of a, a benevolent despot mm-hmm. of sorts, um, and you have to get some comfort around being a jerk yep. <laughs> uh, sometimes, which is, does not come easy for me because it's like I love I love chatting with people. I want to be friendly toward people, um, and you, you have to. You're not doing anybody any service by trying to be everybody's friend. It's the same thing with parenting. Uh, uh, you know, Hey man, I'm not your friend. Uh, I, I can be friendly with you. We can be, you know, this stuff. But at the end of the day, there are going to be times where I may have to play the, like, I just need you to do what I asked you to do. And I don't have time to explain why. Yeah. And you need to find people that are going to be able to, um, understand that. And you also have to be prepared for the fact that you, you may come across a moment like that and you might bite, head, bite heads with somebody and you have to be prepared at any moment for that person to walk. Absolutely. And that that sucks. But uh, the way I like to say it is like it's nice when those people reveal themselves to you in that way so that you can move on uh, in a reasonable time. I don't want to be dismissive and just feel callous towards like, oh, people are all dismissible. Sure. Right? It's like you do need your people. Yep. But – you can't be – you don't want to get so invested in these people uh, to the point where you're you know, compromising the needs of the company or taking on too much risk or any of that stuff. Like there, there is a red line everywhere. And, and, and I don't think you have to be a jerk about it. Sure. There's civil ways like, hey, you know what? 
this isn't working out anymore. Like again, doing the layoff thing. I don't know if you've had to lay people off. Before yes. I have another job. Yeah. It is. It's the hardest thing it, ever. It, it is. Well, you know, and, but it's, it has to happen sometimes. It, yeah. And we, you know, uh, back, back in that other startup, you know, when, when things started, uh, you know, there was, there was some times where we ran into some, some really big, you know, financial troubles. Um, you know, we had a client that, uh, you know, uh, it was one of the first units they were, you know, agreeing to pay for it. And then we had, you know, misses on delivery dates and stuff like that. And it was a critical mm-hmm. client and, you know, investors withheld money. Um, you know, it's like, Hey guys, listen, you know, we don't have money. <laughs> you know, we can't, we can't pay you. Uh, like, are you going to show up for work or not? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Y- yeah. People need to, they don't work for free, you know? It's like, yep. And that's, that, that goes back to what we were talking about before. It's like, well, we can work for free for a period of time, which is why you start to fall into that trap of like, sometimes feeling like you're paying yourself less. Yep. And you know what? There may well be exceptions to that. Sure. Rule, right. Like I think there, you may need to, uh, float for a period of time until that, you know, that, that, Absolutely. You know, that, that invoice gets paid or whatever. I'm not saying like, well, fire the person until, you know, you do that. Absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> but structure and plan in a way that allows you to just for most times, make sure you're paying yourself first so that you're not burning out and you're sustaining mm-hmm. a proper business. Yep. You know? yep. Absolutely. Um, are you good on time? Was I, I, I've got a little bit more. Like I I'm great. And I, I'm there, great. There's a lot of meat here. We could probably go a little bit longer. I think talking about, um, we haven't really did. We kind of, we kind of glanced across like a lot of like, okay, here's some things that we found when we're hiring. Sure. I, a lot of you guys don't know right now. I've got three, I have three people that work for me uh, at the moment and they're all, uh, I'm doing finger quotes. They're part time, but they're pretty much right up against 40 hours. I just we don't cross forty hours because that creates different um, uh, work implications here in the state of California ah, and tax and stuff, ah. like, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, so, so there are there are little structures and stuff, but uh, you know, I want to talk a, a minute about the fear because you're right at that point that I was. I think a couple of years. Uh, let's see, I, I first actually did payroll a year and a half ago. Now. Sure. So I'm only uh, I, I was paying contractors like you were for a while. Like that is a very common way I think for people to kind of dip their toe in to bring in stuff. Yep. It's like you can you can kind of instead of doing the formal registering to pay uh, you know to payroll tax and all that stuff, uh, you ten ninety nine yep. people as consultants. Yep. Now <laughs> the laws in California and probably even at the federal level have been changing a lot uh, because of the gig economy, yep. uh, the Ubers and stuff like yeah. that, where they've really clamped down on your ability to ten ninety nine people, and what that just means is. Um, if it's their only source of income, they, they're not a contractor. (laughs) No, no, not. And if they, if they have to set foot on your property to do the job here, they're not a contractor. And so, so I was forced to kind of go down this route, but in a way it was a good thing because it really wasn't as like most things that I'm fearful of in this business. It really wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Sure. Um, you know, I, I, I shy away from administrative uh, tasks like you wouldn't believe. I hate having to go through, which where I think we're different in that regard. Like you seem to love figuring out the bureaucracy crap. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, how do I avoid this at all? Yeah. Right. But it's like I register with the EDD. That's the Employee Development Department here in California. Uh, I, you know, I did all the steps that I need. I got my workman's comp uh, insurance set up. And, and um, thankfully, there's some pretty awesome turnkey uh, tools out there you're going to pay for it nowadays uh, that that kind of streamline a lot of that in a way that it, you you know it didn't happen before yeah um i use 
a lot of the systems that are, are ingrained into QuickBooks, yep. uh, which we use for our book. Same here. To <laughs> payroll and to handle the uh, workman's comp insurance. And it automatically, it does save a lot of administrative overhead. And uh, it, it's probably more expensive um, than other solutions, but it's a big time saver. Like I don't want to spend my time, you know, manually filing my payroll tax reports with the feds, you know, that stuff automatically happens. Literally my payroll is as easy now as just going in and, uh, and reviewing the hours Mm -hmm. and approving. And then it'll automatically, everybody's got direct deposit. Now it it automatically sends that stuff at the end of the year. It automatically sends the W nines out. Uh, and so that's just worth every penny to me uh, right now until I grow to a point where I can maybe afford to have some more administrative help. Uh, for that stuff, which I, I really hope to be at uh, maybe the end of this year, beginning of next that's year. Awesome. That's awesome. That's a tougher hire, though, because that's a purely overhead. Yep. Uh, They're not uh, adding somewhere. to your business, right? They're just... It, it doesn't... Yeah, well, you know, do- dollar-wise, yep. it feels like more of a drain. I mean, they're definitely adding sure. in, like, making my life Yeah, better. yeah. They're not, they're not bringing in revenue. They're not growing the business. They're, right. they're there for the operation of the business. So Right. And so when we talk about prioritization of hire mm-hmm. and stuff, like, that's where you need to look at that thing and say, yeah, this would be really nice because I hate dealing with this stuff. Yep. But I have to eat this for now because... Uh, that doesn't pay for itself in the same way that like having somebody that does pick and pack or somebody that's like really where the rubber meets the road, somebody that's doing sales, Mm -hmm. for example, or whatever we've talked about bringing on a marketing person, Mm -hmm. right? And like, hopefully if this is done right, this person should be paying for themselves, right? And that it's very clear that the work they do is bringing in sales dollars. And, 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 uh, so, you know, that's why I think you see a lot of companies, um, start there with you know their hires like bringing on people that have sales and marketing skills in the in the modern age and you know but having trust that no matter who you bring in you're gonna have to like everything trust that you it's an investment Mm -hmm. and you know very few people are gonna be just hit the ground running and just like double your business that's not that's not realistic um so you're gonna it's gonna take time to get them up to speed it's gonna take time to you know for them to figure out who you are and you to figure out who they are absolutely and uh you need to be prepared for that. And that's hard because it's like, we're so used to go, go, go. Yep. Uh, I, like, I need people that are just, you know, independent thinkers and workers. And, um, oh man, I, I've got some stories, <laughs> stories about that. I'm too. sure. You know, I'm that's sure. Not always the, that's not always the best thing too. It's like, yeah, I, I, I thought, and I, I think that is good to some extent. Like how much leash do you give people? Yes. Because there are some great people out there that are, are, um, good. Oh my goodness. And yes. We'll take the ball and run with it. Yes. But, but sometimes they're not running in the direction that you want them sure. to. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're taking on a little. And that's all. That's where it all goes back to the communication yep. piece, guys. Like, you got to be a good communicator. Let's, let's talk on that for a yeah. second. Like, what, what is it like? Because there's, there's, you know, hiring and there's being a, there's being a good owner, operator, and then there's being a good boss or manager. And those are totally oh, yeah. different skill sets a lot of the time. Like, you, you can be great at running a business but be terrible at working with people. Yes. Man- managing people, yes. right? <clears throat> what, what insight do you bring? There. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's, that's where I kind of realized early on, right. That I was not mm-hmm. the greatest at managing people. Um, you know, mm-hmm. in the, in the previous, 
you know, startup um, that I had someone else kind of do that for me, um, you know, because mm-hmm. I wasn't the best at, you know, my communication skills, <laughs> you know, just, you know, to, to boil it down. Um, you know, I was uh, I was very direct. I was very to the point. Um, you know, when I wanted something done, I wanted it done then. Um, you know, I didn't understand that, hey, you know, they might not under, you know, they might not know exactly <laughs> what needs to be done or they might need a little bit more guidance than just me telling them. Right. Because I was so in right. this mindset that, you know, it's like, OK, well, this is how I would do it. Right. And I already knew, you know, again, I was thinking three or four steps ahead of, you know, this is what I'm intending to do. And I had all of this extra knowledge that this other person didn't have. And I just assumed that they would pick it up. Right. Um and that was a that was a personal fault of mine, and and I think over the years I've gotten a lot better at that. Um, you know, I, I've realized those those areas for personal growth. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, communication is absolutely key. And you know, there's always uh, there's also been you know um, uh, you know disagreements between you know us founders, right? Uh, the the other Andrew and I, like sure. And again, in the in the book, good to great, there's actually a really good topic about this sort of stuff where. Um, you know, if you take a, you know, you can have like an egalitarian, um, I think, uh, this was, um, founder's dilemma, right? You can have an egalitarian sort of, um, you know, management structure where you guys all try and figure things out, or you can have kind of a direct report sort of thing. Like this is the person at top, this is the person below them, so on and so forth. And you figure out these solutions for, for us, we're very egalitarian, but one thing that we do, and I, I, I think it's, it's so great is that if we have disagreements, you like we communicate these disagreements agreements we figure it out we hash it out sometimes you know there's there's some you know some raised voices there's some very strong opinions but i think really it comes down to respecting each other's opinion and then trying to figure out okay how do we make this into either a compromise or a solution right um and, and so with your employees obviously you can't be as you know as probably direct but i think in in some cases if you kind of establish this hey there's there's sort of an egalitarian approach here but also like you know communication is is key right <laughs> um and- it's, it's such a cliche but it, i mean it really is true and not, not only communication but just like your ability to ma- manage um uh confrontation sometimes like that's a big challenge yes. for me because like I think human nature for a lot of people is to be a, a confrontation avoidant yep. and confrontation doesn't always mean the animosity. Oh, either. It just absolutely. Means, like, disagreements. It can mean, uh, it, it can mean that, you know, you're like, there's a lot of times I'm just doing like, and resenting the fact that I feel like I have to even have this conversation sure. and that's not a healthy place to be like, like I've had to learn to be more direct because you know, just waiting around for people to understand why you're angry. Uh, doesn't that doesn't work. <laughs> but, but it's so common for people like, like, you know, somebody will ask you, are you okay? Yeah. You know, like they're obviously not okay, yep. but they're not ready to engage on that yet. And it's, it's maddening sometimes when you're, you know, trying to run a business and you're like, I don't have time for your emotions. Homeboy. Yep. Like, you know, speak, speak to me. Yeah. Um, but you're going to have to figure out how to navigate it. And you're right. It's totally different between an employee uh, boss relationship versus say a Mm co-founder, but you need to be able to navigate uh, both of those things. And so investing in, in, in learning and one, knowing yourself and two, understanding people and the psychology of that, if you want to manage those people, and if you know, you're not going to be good at it, then maybe, you know, you need to prioritize a a, a hire for somebody who can, you know, like, 
like get yourself, you know, reward yourself with the things that you need for the business that are going to keep your sanity, you know, well, give yourself that level. Absolutely. Of and, and uh, you know, I think that ties into, again, figure out, you know, like pay yourself, right? Pay yourself in the mm-hmm. in, first in, in the way that you are, um, you know, being able to run your business. Right. Um, and and right. if that's important right. to you to be able to remove yourself from that situation, that is a form of paying yourself first. Right. It you is. know, it is. It's well, well, said. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's one of the, like, it can be the most rewarding and the most stressful things that you do. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm really happy with honestly, the three people that I've had and I've lucky, I'm lucky that, that, uh, they've, they've been with me for a decent amount of time. That's awesome. Um, you know, two more than the, the third, but it's like, uh, some of it is just kind of a gut feel in terms of like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel like you are about reading people, but it's like I, I'm one of those people that I feel like I, I have a pretty decent sense of who somebody's going to be like five minutes into a conversation. Sure. Right. Yeah. And if they're going to kind of click now, not 100 percent, not always. Yeah. But <laughs> that takes some time to curate. Right. Like that's a hard thing to give uh, a formula to somebody on. Like, uh, how do you how do you read people? But it will serve you so well in all aspects of your life, whether it's your business or whatever, to just be able to read the room, understand body language, understand, you know, subtext of like what people are trying to say to you, like what their communication style is. Yep. Um, and when you're interviewing, you know, asking questions that are really more useful uh, to understanding who the person is, not necessarily like what they can yes. do. Because like I keep saying, I, I can train pretty much anybody to do what it is that I want them to do. I cannot change who they are as a person uh, in terms of like, do you have the work ethic? Do you have the drive? Do you have the communication skills? Do you have the problem solving yep. skills? Yep. That kind yeah. Of thing. And it, that's uh, important, you know, to me, like, I, you know, how I, how I said earlier, you know, ask what their hobbies are. What do they like to do for fun? What are their pastimes? Like, you know, for me, I'm such a driven person, just do stuff. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not saying that you have to have everyone in your company be that way. But, you know, for, for me, I know when we're looking to hire our first person, you know, that's going to be one of the top priorities. Um, you know, I, I think that we're going to look for because both, both Andrew and I are, are very driven individuals, um, you know, in our don't in our own different domains and areas. But, um, you know, it, it helps us understand who they are individually. Um, and mm-hmm. you, you know, one thing that, you know, I sort of learn, I sort of learned back in the day with that previous startup was, um, you know, there are, there are, it, it sounds terrible, but there are classes of employees that are, you know, people that are going to just add to your business. Um, there are people that can subtract from your business. Um, there are mm-hmm. also people that can multiply your business. Um, and, you oh, yeah. know, those those people that multiply are the ones that you want. Right. And, you know, these are the people that, you know, they, they get what you're trying to do. They share, you know, a similar passion. They share similar ideals um, and, and they're, they just they help you build what you're doing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it goes back to mm-hmm. the right people. Right. It doesn't matter the end destination where you're going to go right cuz we we're we're, we're, yeah. we're sure of change we're going to have to turn the bus around we're going to have to take exits whatever it might be but as long as you have the right people on the bus that journey is going to be phenomenal right 
And yeah. you can have people that really multiply and, and help build this awesome, you know, community inside your organization. Um, you can, and it's, 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 it's tough because like that, those indicators are not always immediately absolutely He's always putting their best foot forward at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? you know, whenever he's courting everybody, but um, it's also a fluid thing, you know, like, like people surprise yes. you. Like sometimes you're like, I really didn't think this person was going to go this way. And it goes both it, ways. You know, sometimes like, you think somebody's going to be great and they're not. And, and I have a story like, for that. Didn't have a lot of Yeah. I have a story with that. So back in the day, one of my first, my first, Hire well, big boy hires right was an operations oh, yeah hire. operations officer right um, and okay. uh, you know I was I was told I needed to hire someone because my board said so right and you know they gave me a list of recommendations and this individual seemed like a really good go getter he seemed a very solid candidate all of this other stuff and you know I was like all right you know what we're gonna go with him and you know a lot of t- a lot of things I let him do I let him you know kind of run the show um, you know on the operation side again I while well, I was a way captaining the ship but what i learned was eventually right you know while i while i had this other guy (laughs) who uh, who i brought on as a strategy officer who later eventually moved up to become the ceo and replace me um but in in doing so i was actually i was happy that that sort of transition happened but um what was interesting is is my operations guy he would actively do things to divide the business or subtract from the business he would you know maybe it was maybe it was something that he felt that he needed to do when you know it was paying contracts or juggling these projects but it hurt mm-hmm. the business and he you know he said oh i have this at heart you know i'm trying to do this but it, it seemed like he was working with malice or malintent or just, you know, just trying to hurt us. And really what he was trying to do was secure his own position. He was more concerned about his own position during this turbulent time where I was going to eventually what would lead to me being ousted as the CEO. And he wanted to maintain, he wanted that CEO position. And if he architected oh. this in such a way, it looked like he was the more valuable candidate. Right. And he really what a tangled web we weave. He (laughs) he actively subtracted and divided from the business. And it eventually led me to right before all of this happened, I caught on and you know, give someone enough enough, you know, leash and you know, eventually they'll hang themselves, right? Uh when they're when they're Mm. trying to do this. And I caught on right away. I literally went to my strategy officer and I said, Hey, listen, you know, I already know the board's going to move to replace me, right? It's it's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? And I think that I trust you more than I trust them. <laughs> and wow. this is where I started kind of forming that opinion that there are people that can add and there are people that can multiply and there are people that absolutely can subtract and divide. Um, and, you know, yeah. this individual, you know, the, of, uh, of the strategy officer, he was always someone who was adding, if not multiplying everything that he can do. He would pull it, put an hour after hour after hour. He would work and just work and work. He loved what we were doing. He believed in it. And that spoke volumes to me enough to where I eventually entrusted him with saying, okay, you're going to run the ship now because it's going to have to be you, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so 
well, <laughs> man, I mean, and, and and that one that sounds terrible to me. Like I hate hearing how political and yes. undermining and stuff it can get. Unfortunately, it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a reality. You never know what people's intentions are, and it's uh, <clears throat> it's a blind spot of uh, of of not you know uh, doing a doing a venture capital thing yep. and, and not really being fully in charge of, of what happens. You're relinquishing that control. Yep. <clears throat> Thankfully, when you're in, in the captain's chair here, <laughs> there's really nobody that can, can submarine you in that, yeah. in that particular way. Yeah. Thankfully, like the, but <laughs> you know, that comes with a yeah. cost. Sure. Too. But your point is well taken the, the, yeah, you know, finding those people, identifying them early on and, um, sometimes taking uh, the steps needed to trim the fat uh, when, when it happens yeah. or when, when that presents itself, like that's part of the game. And, um, it, and, and as painful as it feels, uh, you're not doing yourself any favors by like letting people um, continue to potentially subtract. Yep. You're preventing your own growth. You're potentially mm-hmm. uh, po- poisoning other employees, yep. like, you know, and like that toxicity uh, is can be a cancer on your on your business, and uh, you, you, sometimes you got to cut it yep. out, uh, and that's hard. It hard. is very hard, <laughs> um, and it's not always clear, you know, how to identify that stuff. So, you know, like I said, investing in understanding uh, human psychology and 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 training your gut feel and and listening to it sometimes and responding to it. You know, you're not required. I think that's why we put a lot of stress on the hiring process is because. Uh, I, like, I really don't want to make that bad hire. Yeah. I want to make sure I didn't misread somebody because I, I can pay, you can pay a real price for that, uh, down the road. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, uh, the, the path is fraught <laughs> with danger, but don't let that guys, don't let that drive your decision-making either. Don't let that paralyze yes. you, uh, the way it did me for a long time. I think it kept me in the garage a lot longer than I wanted to. Um, simply be because I thought it was going to be just too hard to hire or that I wasn't ready or I didn't have, you know, cause the truth was I had the funds probably much sooner than I had the will. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, we say this time and time again, and I, I kind of, you know, when we've talked offline too, and you're telling me about how many orders you packed, I'm like, man, you got to stop packing <laughs> orders. Like you're, you need to be yeah. like handing that off. And you, I know you know yeah. that, um, but it takes time you know, together. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I was in the same boat. I was the same yep. thing. Like, it's easy to look in from the outside and throw that criticism. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're, we're, we're absolutely getting to that point, you know, for us, you know, again, I kind of built into our company culture is just being careful, right. Being methodical no. and you know, like, yeah, we probably could have made a part-time employee work, you know, much sooner. Right. But it's one yeah, of those things yeah. where, again, worried about paying ourselves first, worrying about maintaining the, the company and its direction and its momentum and, you know, getting more comfortable. <laughs> so, yeah. well, and not just that, but there, there's a series of dominoes. And I know part of your challenge, too, is that you're, you know, your location constraint, yep. like because you operate out of your basement, yep. you can't just bring in somebody to come work in your basement with you. I mean, you, you probably could. Yeah. Now that creates a whole different set of like legal requirement. And you are very, very good at architecting, you know, putting the steps in place to make sure is my liability coverage mm-hmm. where it needs to be is all that. Yep. But, uh, you know, to go back to the dominoes, like 
I can appreciate that you don't really want to hire people on until you feel like you're in a proper facility yep. to, you know, uh, uh, have those people. Yeah. Um, because there are, there are work requirements in terms of like what you have to have on site and available and you have to learn all those things and you have to have stuff posted at the break room. Of, yes, uh, you know, absolutely. What workers comp rules are and all, all sorts of fun stuff that you probably don't care about yeah. as, a, as a maker, especially yep. like this is why so many makers don't want to do this because it's just like, I don't want to deal with all that. Like, I don't blame yeah. you. It sucks, but we do it because we want to have a business. Yeah, and I, I, would, I don't want to work for anybody. Absolutely. Else. And so this is this is paying your dues until you can have somebody else do the stuff you don't want to do. That's paying yourself as well. Like yep. Yeah, man, this has been an awesome chat. <laughs> it, ha- it it has, and you know, there's it's a it's a, a deep and wide river uh, to navigate. But um, but I think this is probably a good place to call it. I want to thank everybody for hanging with us and being along for this journey. Um, it's it's such a great exploration, and I really love you know sharing these stories. And if nothing else, even if nobody else was listening, I, I'd say like Andrew, like I always love just oh yeah, you on this stuff. Um, it's, it's an important part, uh, of the process too, guys, like, like finding resources, whether it's for mentorship or, or just, uh, you know, having, you know, a partner in crime, uh, somebody that you can sound off to, you know, uh, the, the, the psychology, I cannot overstate the importance of the psychological aspects of what we do, uh, your mental health, like feeling like you're not alone in your journey, you know, that's why we do that. That's why I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to speak for you, yeah. Andrew, but, but the, you need to invest in that part as well. Um, because at the end of the day, we're all people, uh, uh, you know, trying to find our way. We, we rely on other people to help us with our business, be it customers, vendors, mm-hmm. employees, uh, all those things. And, um, you know, we, we have to, we have to learn how to interact with people and, and manage our, ourselves and our own mental health and, and somewhere. And so, yes. you know, I hope, I hope you guys do that. Networking uh, brings on, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, the whole, I know people don't like the phrase. It's not what you know. It's who, you know, that's a gross oversimplification again. But by that, I mean, you know, by doing these things, by having these networks, by having these relationships that we can, you know, rely upon, like that's where the opportunities come from often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, invest in your business that way too, uh, because it will pay dividends and then. Yes. Couldn't have said it any better. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Awesome stuff. All right, my friend. Well, listen, enjoy the rest of your Friday. I I wish the best of weekends to you and I look forward to reconnecting next week. We'll pick another fun topic to talk about. Oh, there's uh, so many. If if any of you guys want to chime in, you know, I hope again, I hope this is useful. Uh, You know, I know you're not all in place where you can talk, but you know, please tweet us, you know, some feedback, let us know what you think. Give us some thoughts. Uh, We love, we love hearing. Yeah. uh, Let us know what you, what you, what you guys are, you know, potentially either struggling with or, you know, going through. I mean, you know, it'd be, it'd be awesome to try and tailor some conversations too. you know, Um, not saying we're experts uh, by any means, but you know, (laughs) love sharing stories. Right. Oh, wait, wait, real quick. I wanted to get Adam uh, just through a request. Awesome. See if we get him on here really quick. Let's see if, uh, I know we, we were just about to come on. Hey, but, uh, the more the merrier, right? <laughs> to get Adam on here. Adam, how's it going, buddy? How's biz? Well, we're getting the mute. The unmute. Sometimes it takes a second for it to connect. Let's see if he gets 
still still muted. I don't know. I don't know if you see it at the bottom left there, Adam. You got to hit that little mic is on button if you haven't already. Is anybody? Hello. I'm I'm here. You got me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's having technical difficulties, but. Uh, We'll give him a uh, second. Well, <laughs> but give him a second. And say, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anything, anything else, uh, uh, you know, to add to the, to the talk? I know I, I kind of scare us off sometimes uh, before, you know, soliciting whether or not you wanted to uh, wrap with any closing. No, thoughts. no, no. I, uh, I mean, I, again, I think you said it perfectly, you know, um, in, in your roundup. Oh, looks like he's. Hey, guys, can you hear me? me- yeah, the craziest thing happened. So I tried to unmute myself and then a Disney Plus ad from Twitter started playing in the background, which was very distracting. Um, anyway, <laughs> thanks, Twitter. Thanks for that. Well, welcome, man. It's good to, it's good to hear your voice. How's, how's biz? How's um, it's uh, it's going all right. Uh, definitely uh, highs and lows. Roller coaster like uh, like I'm sure you guys have uh, have experienced. Um yeah, on, a, on the high end, um, January and then February uh, were consecutively record-setting belt sales, which is uh, giving me a lot of a lot of confidence. Um, so that's a uh, that's nice. Uh, that's, that's great, good. man. That's so good. It's yeah. awesome. I uh, congrats. Thank you. I uh, I really love these chats that uh, that you guys do. Um, to your point, Pooch. It's, uh, does make me feel less alone in, uh, in my struggles uh, from time to time. Um, so I had a, a question um, and also a suggestion around the, the hiring topic. Um, so the, the suggestion is um, a book called The E-Myth. Um, if you're familiar with it, um, I listened to it uh, a while back and they describe a, uh, a pretty detailed process of breaking down all of the hats that you wear on a daily basis and describing the type of person that could wear that hat instead of you. Um, so, huh? I have not heard of that, but I'll have had, to look into it. Yeah. I, uh, I got it from a recommendation and I'm not at the point where I need to hire anybody, but I thought I would pass along that cause I thought it was super useful and detailed. Um, and then my, uh, my question for you guys, uh, was how do you feel about virtual employees? Um, my uh, my younger brother. So my younger brother uh, in particular runs a, a marketing company, um, and he has uh, a couple different employees in South America, um, and he mm-hmm. just raves about them. Absolutely loves them. Is like they have skills that I don't have. They are super super affordable. They make my life so much easier. Um, but I don't know. It uh, it scares me um, to kind of have somebody um, in a different country or in a different time zone and kind of how working together would be beneficial. Um, but I guess you could also apply that to people in the U.S. that are virtual. Um, so, yeah, just uh, just looking for your thoughts. That's a that's a fantastic question. It's very it's it's very um you know, near and dear, obviously, with uh, the pandemic going on and how many people are working remotely. I, I have many thoughts on this, but, you know, the, the bulk of it is, you know, the very nonspecific. It depends and it depends specifically on obviously what the what the role uh, that you're trying to bring them on. I've used remote people in the past. Andrew, you've used, you've used remote 
yes. contractors and stuff before too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, um, it, it, it fully depends on like anything, like how you wield them. Right. So if you, let's, let's say, um, you know, one of the, some of the lowest hanging fruit for me might be like on the, um, on the web, you know, the web development design or, or like even CAD work, there's a ton of freelance CAD people out there that, um, it really don't need to be on site. Uh, it's, it's a pretty straightforward process of like, I've got this thing. I either need these edits made to it or same thing with a website. You know, I just need these things. I need, I need somebody to just put these pictures up or whatever. And so mm-hmm. if, if it's something that you really think that you do a lot of and would really take a lot off of your plate, yes, there's very affordable options for that. Like, you know, we think about Odesk and Fiverr and stuff for, you know, graphic design resources a lot of times it's, you know, it might be great for like a project based thing, right? Where it's like, I, I might not need this long term, but I'm establishing some relationships with vendors where as needed, I can bring them on. It's a great way to have that ramp up, ramp down as needed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but never lose sight of the fact that there is going to be a cost to managing that person, right? And an amount of time that it takes to uh, give them direction, feed them, you know, make sure that they're marching the right way. And, um, and so there's... Uh, the managerial aspect of it is is amplified sometimes by that, um, and uh, you know, as a founder, you're often you know pulled in a bajillion different directions, and it feels like, you know, your expectations sometimes are like, oh, I'm going to hire somebody, and I can just turn them loose on this, and it's that's really not the reality a lot of the time. Um, I don't know, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, um, you know, we so we used uh, in my previous startup a few remote contractors. Um, we had okay luck with them. Um, you know, mainly these were people trying to help with sales. Um, you know, and general business development. But I will say mm-hmm. that there is something to be said for having that person in house, right, where you can physically interact with them. Um, you know, it. It really kind of depends. I think exactly what Pooch said is is it really depends on what you're trying to use them for, right? Um, here at Gloop, we we use you know kind of remote contractor developers for graphic design work or you know whatever it might be. Uh, again, kind of using you know that Fiverr you know sort of mentality, um, you know, or I guess structure. Um, but you know, for you know like marketing, uh, we were looking at potentially doing something where we would have someone kind of remote um we kind of got scared off uh as we started digging a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper where it just it didn't make sense to us um Mm -hmm. you know so i I think it really just depends on exactly what you're going to use them for um understand that you know there's also the aspect of trust. Like, I think you have to trust that they're doing the job that you need them to do. Um, some yeah. aspects y- you can't, you can't really, you know, say, okay, well, are you really doing the job? Right. You know, it depends on what job it is. Right. Whereas yeah. if there's a clear cut deliverable, yes, you can evaluate every time on, Hey, you're either meeting your deliverables or you're not. Um, yeah. but other things it's harder to, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I have a lot before I was doing this, I was freelance web developing for 20 years. And so I was I was that remote resource for a lot of people. And I know the human condition like it's funny. I have I have many feelings around this. And unfortunately, they're not all positive, like because I would argue that the vast majority of people are not really cut out 
uh, uh, for remote work, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they think, oh, I've got an internet connection and I've got like the human condition is such that you're going to allow yourself the distraction or, or, or uh, frankly, if, if somebody's not keeping an eye on you, uh, they're, uh, uh, you know, like not always, you know, focused on the task. And I, I don't, uh, you know, as a startup, it feels particularly inefficient when you're not getting uh, every, you know, dollar going toward the effort that you want. Like, I, I really don't want to be paying for somebody to be like, you know, part time dealing with juggling their kids uh, and then mm-hmm. trying to work at the same time as I understand. I have kids. I understand what that entails and does. And that doesn't mean that I bias against people with kids. It's just that it's human nature. Um, for people to just say, oh, well, I'll just deal with this really quick and then I'll work a little bit later and then they don't work a little bit later and then you you come into these potential confrontational things. Now, that's a little bit different than like a Fiverr, a deliverable-based remote person, right? Mm -hmm. So, but your point is well taken, Andrew. How do you keep that accountability? Like, it's it's very easy if you're paying them on a deliverable, right? Yep. It's a totally different thing if you're paying them hourly. And I've mm-hmm. done bo- I've done both of these things. Uh, and uh, I'll share just a really quick anecdote. Like I've really struggled around the bookkeeping side of things. Like I've had probably five different bookkeepers at this point, and I've realized that well, there's nothing fundamentally uh, requiring the bookkeeper to be on site and dealing with this. Um, getting them to, you know, regularly stay organized and on top of things and asking me the questions that they need and all that stuff like is very challenging. And, uh, it's not a lot of value. Like I I was thinking like, I hate doing this. Uh, I want to find a way to offload it. Um, but the truth is I've learned that it's, while I'm thinking, oh, they, you know, somebody can be doing all my expenses and stuff. They don't have the context. They don't have the other tools that they need to do the job to completion without the purchasing context of like what this was and why it was bought. um, Mm -hmm. They are completely reliant on me to basically tell them what it was and then go in. And then at that point, I may as well have just logged in and coded the, you know, that expense to the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, some people are just like way more okay with that or like they have the personal assistant where they just want that level of like structure. Right. But to me, like that's such a waste uh, when, you know, that that's a, the money is such a precious commodity resource uh, thing. And I I don't want to just tell somebody else what to click. That sounds so stupid. Right. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I don't know if that answers. That's kind of a long way around and there's, there's a lot of depth there, but um you know, it just depends, like we uh, say, Adam, like, what is you're trying to achieve? And I think it, it can be done. I think it can be great. And I think it can be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I appreciate both your guys' uh, insight. And I can uh, I can totally relate with you on that uh, last bookkeeping point. I had that same argument with myself less than a month ago. I'm like, if if I know how all the expenses need to be coded and I just have to tell somebody else that, why would I ever just pay them to go in and do the the clicking for me in, in QuickBooks or whatever. Uh, so I can definitely, yeah. definitely relate to that. It's the same about taxes. Like I, and this probably makes a lot of people go crazy, uh, but it's like, I've always felt the same way about taxes. The one time I had an accountant do my taxes for him, uh, me, I, I spent as much time collecting all the material to give to the accountant as it would have taken me to just plug everything into, you know, TurboTax myself. Now, 
there is something to be said for the structure component. And like we talk about playing chess, like setting up structure so that you can be where you want to be, you know, and that is the investment stress. So even though right now I'm still having to tell that person what to do at some point, I need to layer on those things because I, I, I'm not, I don't always want to be doing the bookkeeping. I don't always want to be doing the taxes. In fact, I want to sooner than later be away from that. So you do yes. need to invest in that structure, but you need to keep marching toward like, okay, what do I need to make this really work? And what I found is like, when I, like I said, I'm hoping into this year, maybe next year, like bring on that office manager, uh, hopefully somebody that can like be in charge, a couple of hats, purchasing, coding expenses, you know, managing the books, uh, you know, procurement, maybe uh, some, some, some stuff like that. Uh, but like I said, that's something that I have to reward myself with later as we really have more resources available and space available for that. Um, but, you know, lay the groundwork, lay the groundwork. Makes sense. Thanks guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. And uh, you guys, uh, I, I am going to have to sign off at this point. I got to have been, I'm kind of remiss in like talking about my business versus actually being there and running it. So, <laughs> uh, and I know you got to do the same thing. Andrew. So I think this yep. is a great point to sign off. I, I look forward to more conversations like this with you guys. Uh, and like I said, send us uh, those ideas. Let us give some feedback. Uh, hopefully it's useful. And uh, everybody enjoy your weekend and have a good, good weekend and, you know, relax and, and re refocus. Right. Yeah. All right. Be well. Awesome. Everyone. Thank you. All right. Bye. See ya.